At Goodfellow, we are proud to support Outside In, a charity that aims to provide a platform for artists who face significant barriers to the art world due to health, disability, social circumstances or isolation. To find out more information or to donate, head to our website materialshub.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to the Materials Inside podcast by Goodfellow, the podcast that will bring materials, knowledge and science, along with art and design, together in the same podcast. Goodfellow is a UK company based in Huntingdon that supplies over 70,000 materials to different industries all over the world. Their team of scientists and sales and marketing experts want to make the materials world accessible to everyone. During the next few weeks, we will be talking about materials from aluminium to zinc for applications from satellites to planes, cars, ventilators, pieces of art and furniture. How do we link it all? Wait and see, or even better, listen to our podcasts. Presented by Joel Alexio, the Global Marketing Manager of Goodfellow, he will be speaking with a range of guests from industry professionals to public figures, artists, celebrities and Goodfellow's own experts. The material for today is copper. Copper is one of the most well-known metals and because it naturally occurs as a usable material, copper has been used as early as 8000 BC. Historically, copper has often been used for coins and currently copper is most commonly used for wiring, but its uses are wide-ranging. Copper naturally has antibacterial and antiviral properties and can kill over 99.9% of bacteria within two hours. Many hospitals and healthcare establishments worldwide are starting to use copper and copper alloy materials to reduce the risk of infection. Copper can also be infused in textiles and fabrics, which can be highly beneficial in medical applications to reduce the risk of infections. Recently, copper-infused fabrics have been used in production of some face masks to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. The coronavirus can survive on glass and stainless steel for five days, but with copper, the virus is wiped out in hours. Copper's antibacterial properties even outperform those of silver, a well-known antibacterial material. Copper is also widely used as an alloy and can improve elasticity, flexibility, hardness, color and resistance to corrosion in other metals. Joining us today, we have Manuela Kagenbauer, a transition group artist who specializes in use of copper when creating jewelry and installations. But before that, we have Dr. Aphrodite Tomu guiding us through the scientific side of copper. Hello, Aphrodite. Hello, Joel. Copper is an amazing material and also have great antibacterial properties. Are there any materials out there which outperform copper? Indeed, uh, copper demonstrated uh, the greatest at the microbial activity. The silver coatings demonstrated the second most microbial surface as well in activity, so no, there are no other materials. And how come copper and copper-infused materials are not used more commonly in hospitals? Well, while some hospitals are installing copper fittings, like recently in France, maybe some others are not aware of its properties. The most common well-known metal with antibacterial properties is silver, as we said before, but silver does not work as an antimicrobial surface when it is dry. 
it needs moisture to be present in order silver to have an antibacterial effect like copper. Installing copper fittings will have uh, the same cost as using materials like stainless steel which are used currently and they are considered easier to keep clean due to its bright surface. However, copper will be, I think, more effective for this kind of application. And wired is the most common form of copper. Why is that? Copper is a highly conductive metal, after silver, of course. This means that electricity can pass through it with an extremely easy way. In addition, the high conductivity properties of copper allow for a greater distance of electrical current to travel. Thus, longer and better performing electrical wires using copper can be produced. Copper is also ductile, which means that you can bend and flex the copper while easily uh, without breaking it and it won't lose any power strength from the shape deformity. Moreover, copper electrical wires are safer to use than wire made of uh, most other conductive metals because they are heat resistant. And you can say that copper is also relatively inexpensive when compared to other metals like gold or silver, for example, that they are excellent conductors of electricity, but they cost several times more than copper. That's lovely to hear. How about where can people go to learn more about copper and the forms in which it's available? In Goodfellow portfolio, we have about 14 forms such as bar, foams, foils, insulated wires uh, and not insulated wires, lamp, uh, mesh, uh, microfoils, powders, rods, even single crystal spheres, sputtering targets, tubes, anything that someone could request, I guess. And aside from uh, the wiring, what are the common uses for copper? Because copper corrodes slowly, copper can be used in roofing, guttering, plumping or cookware, for example. Also, copper, because of its, let's say, attractive color and because it can be millable, it is used for decorative applications such as jewelry, statues, uh, parts of buildings that can be used from copper and remain attractive for several years, such as the Statue of Liberty in US, for example. Due to its thermal conductivity, copper pipes, for example, can be used as heat exchangers in hot water tanks, underfloor heating system and car radiators, or, for example, copper foams can be used as heat sinks in electrical components. Another use of copper is as a catalyst, uh, meaning that it can be used as a substance which can speed up a chemical reaction and improve its efficiency. Also, copper is non-magnetic and not sparking because of this it can be used in special tools and military application. As we mentioned before, copper has antibacterial properties so it can be used uh, for hygienic applications or in hospitals, as we said, for installations. And because it can be combined with several other metals, it can form alloys such as brass, so copper with zinc, or bronze, copper with tin, and have different mechanical properties properties, for example, harder, stronger and tougher than pure copper itself. In addition, uh, and I think we should mention that copper can be recycled without any loss of quality. This is something that a lot of industries are taking in consideration to increase their spend in sustainability, for example, and copper can be recycled, as we said. How common are copper-infused face masks? It's not very common, but uh, there is a microbiologist at the University of Massachusetts, the Amherst, uh, which invented a mask made of 
0.5% pure copper mass according to a press release and also then there is a company called Copper Safe that they're using and producing masks. A lot of retailers like Amazon or Etsy that they are also have copper infused masks. However, I think we should be very concerned and let's say that we should wear masks, whatever it is nowadays, even if it is just a fabric mask, all right? Because sometimes these copper masks, they should be validated and certified in order to be used. So I'm not quite sure if it's quite common or not. I would say that we should wear masks in any case. Okay, thank you very much for the advice. Um, as I said on the introduction, there's a lot of studies and you also mentioned about copper-infused fabrics being used for masks, of course, due to the antibacterial properties of copper. Aphrodite, why is copper no longer used for coins? Copper was one used as a metal for making coins in its pure form, but the rising cost of copper in recent years made coins to be less dependent on copper. And uh, now the frequently used coins are made of steel, zinc and nickel for cost saving and long life as well. So the increased demand, let's say, of has made copper to become an expensive metal for coins to use in nowadays. Does anything to do with the fact that copper could be also poisoning? Copper in its pure form, I wouldn't say it is poisoning. However, these copper pans, sometimes when we're extending using them, they were oxidizing and yes, its oxide might be poisonous. Copper in its pure form, it is it has a bacterial property, so I wouldn't say it is toxic or something else, no. A lot of companies, including Goodfellow, are becoming more and more environmentally conscious. Do you think this is part of the reason why copper is often the material of choice? That's absolutely true, because copper can be recycled without any loss of quality. And this is something that a lot of industries are taking in consideration to increase their spending sustainability. Also, copper has great properties. As we said before, it is highly conductive and it has great heat dissipation. So it is also millable. So a lot of companies, I think, they're taking advantage of, uh, let's say, in brackets of its properties and they're using it. That's lovely to hear. How about where can people go to learn more about copper and the forms in which is available? Except from our web pages, goodfellow.com and goodfellowusa.com, our materials hub has an extensive information about copper and its forms that we are able to provide to our customers. Aphrodite, thank you very much for your time. We will speak again soon on one of the future podcasts. Thank you very much, Joel. materials inside and outside in have teamed up in their mission to make the art and materials world more accessible to everyone. We invite you to join us by sharing this podcast and donating on our website Materials Hub, where 100% of the donations will go towards supporting artists from marginalized groups. Outside In pretty much started on an experience that happened in a period of my life when I'd sort of fallen out of love with the art world and I ended up volunteering for a charity working with people with learned disabilities. I was immediately struck by the talent of the people at that table. You know, at that time I just remember thinking, my God, how lucky, you know, what, what, what a thing to have found. And just seeing how inspired and passionate they are about what they've been doing is really rewarding. 
One of the latest exhibition openings we had was for our recent national exhibition called Environments. For the artists to be in that space and witness people really valuing their work, buying it, just was so special to watch. So the, the aims for the charity are to uh, see it become truly national and people will then know the name outside in. The aspiration is to change the art world and you know you'd hope at a certain point that you'd become you know not needed. Which is why it's still so important that we are running these exhibitions that we are, that we're representing the artists that we do represent. I hope that, you know we'd get to that point where the art world is a much fairer place um, yeah and then I could step back. <laughs>another part of uh, playing with it. I love plastics because they're uh, so colourful and uh, have got so much potential. Coming from Switzerland, I grew up doing lots of recycling and I just think there's far too much thrown away. I spent a whole semester <laughs> at uni just looking at plastics, different HDPEs, and melting them down, trying to fuse them together, using just different colours, adding colours, and unfortunately, it's something I didn't take any further afterwards because it didn't quite work. It might be something I will come back to. I always feel drawn to metal, um, specifically copper. Silver I like too but um, metal is just beautiful for its moldability. You can do so many things with it. You just hammer it, texture it, solder it, fuse it. <laughs> it's just absolutely beautiful. Did your altered vision idea inspire you to work with copper or did copper inspire you to this project? A bit of both. What I wanted to do was make an immersive installation. It was always very clear to me from the very beginning um, when I um, looked at producing the work for Altered Vision that the person has to be in the centre of my um, installation, has to be surrounded and I wanted the person to experience. Therefore, it automatically had to be a certain size and it also had to be flexible, slightly moving when there's a draft or a person touches it to cause a distortion. I also looked at copper mesh, which is, you know, absolutely beautiful, very fine copper mesh. 
which almost is uh, textile looking. But when I tried to create my pattern into the copper mesh, it didn't quite hold up and uh, I discarded that idea. And I came to copper foil, which really worked beautifully. You know, it's, it's very light. It's almost got a textile feeling to it. The other thing I also was important to me to be able to create a contrast, which is the way I work with uh, black and white drawings mostly when I do my pattern research. So when I decided on the copper, some panels are left in the plain copper colour and some of the other panels I oxidised and they're almost black. Um, I did have to dip it many, many times in the, in the solution to get that colour and I just think it worked perfectly well. This project, this Altered Visions, is also inspired in a health condition that you, you also suffer, macular degeneration. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, macular degeneration is a sight deficiency that mostly older people get. The way it works is the photoreceptors start dying off in the macula and the macula is at the centre, at the back of the eye. And with the progress of the disease, unfortunately, it spreads outwards and it doesn't result in a complete sight loss, but, you know, in very cloudy vision. I'm very interested in the early symptoms of macular degeneration. The early symptoms show when somebody with macular degeneration looks at straight lines, they become warped and distorted. And that is what I'm trying to show in my work in altered vision. So when you try and look through the little windows in altered vision, your eyes can't quite focus. It sends a message to the brain that there is a gap and the gap will be filled by your brain but not quite correctly and that's how the warped lines come about and this can be slightly disorientating and the physical effect is very similar to when someone looks at an optical illusion. Knowing your work like I, I do, I know that some of um, other, other pieces of work also reflect this condition. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the rest of your work uh, that also have metals and I know that you also use glass in some of them. My most recent work is called Enter a New Dimension. I called it that way because it's a complete different direction of my work. More glass-based than metal-based. I was exhibiting um, with Material Driven during London um, Craft Festival and I was surrounded by so many talented artists that were using a lot of sustainable materials. And I just felt like, okay, I go to the shop and buy my material. There's something not quite right. There must be a different way of using materials, you know, that are discarded. And that's kind of, as I said earlier, I'm very much into recycling and that's how I've been brought up in Switzerland. I posted a wanted ad on FreeCycle and set myself a target of a five mile radius and the ad mainly said um, greenhouse glass wanted and I got overwhelmed with replies of people wanting to get rid of their greenhouse glass so I went to pick it up and um, start playing with um, greenhouse glass. 
Greenhouse glass is very challenging because I can only ever use one sheet with itself. I can't mix the different sheet of glass because I don't know you know, whether it's from the same production line or not. And then I had the fantastic idea of adding some copper to it. And it just so happened that I got a lovely box of copper foil given by you, Joel, <laughs> which was a beautiful present. And I had that in my studio for a while and I kept looking at it and I was waiting for the right moment to use it. I put the two things together, what's there not to love about glass and metal together? <laughs> and that's how Enter a New Dimension came about. Have you discovered any material that surprised you or you had an unexpected outcome? Yes, I have. During this last year, during the pandemic, materials have shot up in price. And so I tried to make do with things that I had around. So it just was that I had a bag of clay and I started working with clay. Oh my God, clay is so different than metal or glass. Um, you, you know, you use your hand to sculpt. And with metal and glass, you mainly use tools to achieve what you want. And I have to say, it's a, such a difficult material to work with. And a whole new world with, you know, firings, which um, I just give it to someone else to fire right now. But um, yeah, it definitely made me appreciate all the ceramicists out there. That's really interesting, Manuela. That reminds me to ask you, who are the Transition Group and how did you get involved with them? So the Transition is an artist collective, which we all founded together when we were at the uh, University for the Creative Arts in Farnham. The, some of us are ceramicists, textile artists, glass, metal, jewellery, product design, and we just feed off each other. It's, it's, uh, it's just lovely to have this group. You know, we, we bounce off ideas, um, especially during the pandemic, it's been got sent. We had weekly Zoom meetings to keep us on track with our work. You know, we, we show work to each other and, and ask for help or ask for opinions. And um, because we all finished our masters together, we know our work is a certain standard and therefore we, we uh, value each other's opinions. Yeah, we're a lovely bunch and they're actually uh, my friends now. They're not, you know, they're not just artists. They're, I call them my friends now. Manuela, you started with jewellery. How was the move from jewellery to what you do now? question actually <laughs> because when you look at my work it's very big and uh yeah immersive installation work rather than jewelry on the other hand um i still see it as jewelry um you know who who says that jewelry has to only be worn in my opinion jewelry is there to enhance and look beautiful whether you wear it or whether it's hanging from the ceiling or on the wall <laughs> i just flex the terms a bit that's a good way to look at it and you're right it's a jewelry is anything that can be seen by anyone else so it can be worn or can just be on a wall and your work shows that how can our listeners found your work and where can they buy your pieces of art 
So I've got my website. I'm on Instagram. My website is www.manuelakagerbauer.co.uk and my Instagram is Manuela Kagerbauer and just direct uh, contact, DM me or uh, send me an email. I'm open for commissions and other work. How's coronavirus pandemic affect your work? Well, you know, I would like if I say it wasn't difficult. The art sector has been um, very affected by it, like many other sectors too. So, you know, almost overnight, all my exhibitions and in-person commitments got cancelled, which was devastating, really. In the art sector, um, lots of artists out there offered online tutorials and courses, which I really took up. And because I had the time, I just used this time as a professional development time. I took part in some courses. And one thing that I always felt slightly lacking in is drawing skills. So I took this course, you know, and just learned how to draw properly. <laughs> and it, it was just enormous. And it helped me a lot with my next work, which was called Just Lines and their uh, glass plates just coming from those drawings. Manuela, I know that you've been putting materials together and of course this podcast was specific about copper but also we already had a conversation with Dr Aphrodite Tomu about the scientific side of copper. It's really interesting to see your, your vision on that. Throughout your career, any issues or questions about the science behind the materials and if so, how did Goodfellow help you on that? Yes, always. Um, safety is utmost important, in my opinion. Whenever I think of putting two materials together that I don't know anything about or very little about, the technical team at Goodfellow um, is almost as important to me uh, or more trusted, actually, than, than anything that I <laughs> feel I can read up on Google because the technical team, they're highly qualified. So I have asked lots of questions about materials and whether I can put the two things together, stick it in the kiln, whatever you put in the kiln, it has to be safe. Otherwise, I won't do it. So, Manuela, what's next for you? What's your next project? Right now, I'm working on refining and finalizing work for the Oxo Tower exhibition, which was unfortunately postponed um, to March this year, and it's been kindly sponsored by Goodfellow. So we were devastated last year, but we're excited for this year. Hopefully it will go ahead. So there's a few bits I wasn't quite sure about my work, just little tweaks, and uh, I want it to be absolutely perfect to go into this exhibition. Um, after that, I got plans on taking part in a couple of sculpture trails in some big gardens, and uh, I'm working on a sculpture for that. Manuela, thank you very much for your time and it's always great to talk to you about your work and, and of course you know that we are here if you need anything from us, good fellow. Hopefully the transition exhibition will happen at some point this year as soon as things get better with this uh, pandemic and we will stay in touch and talk again very soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening into this podcast about copper. Next week is a special edition podcast 
focusing on green materials. We have four special guests. Stephen Aldersley, CEO of Goodfellow, will join us to talk about our green practice. Andy Harris, a forward-thinking architect, will be talking to us about how he can create around nature rather than destroying it. Edie Rex, a model and prop maker turned drag barbarian, explains how their passion can be achieved on a budget while remaining environmentally friendly. We also have Purva Chavla and Adel Arkojada. They join us from Materials Driven to talk to us about how we can keep the materials world green. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can access all the information on the website www.materialshub.com. The images and any case studies mentioned can also be found at www.goodfellow.com news case hyphen studies. This podcast is also available on alternative podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Deezer, TuneIn, Overcast and many more. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast and invite you to help us in supporting Outside In, the charity which aims to make the art world a fair place for everyone. Donations, no matter how big or small, make a huge difference to artists who have struggled to make themselves heard. We welcome you to join us in supporting Outside In. For all the information, visit the website materialshub.com forward slash podcast.